The story of the Samaritan woman at the well is the story of an unlikely hero of the Bible. The Samaritan woman had a questionable past. However, it's said that she was one of the first Christian evangelists. Accepting her truth increased her worship. Owning your truth can increase your worship and service to God. Let Jesus be what you thirst for. The Samaritan woman met Jesus, the man, who at the time when his fleshly body was thirsty. So he asked for a drink. The Samaritan woman, who was at the well in the middle of the day, not in the cooler hours of the day when most people went in the early morning, most likely she was there at that time to avoid people, to avoid other women. Jesus was a man, a rabbi, a Jew. Just speaking to her was uncommon because she was a Samaritan and a woman. But Jesus was thirsty and had no means of drawing his own water. She answered his request with a question. Why was he requesting something from her, someone who was seen as a lower class, a Samaritan, a woman? Jesus responded with, if you only knew who I was, and offered her spiritual water. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come to here to draw. The Samaritan woman was thirsty, eager, if not desperate to know more about this water, this spiritual water. Why was the Samaritan woman so thirsty for this water that Jesus offered? I can only speculate based on my life's experience, what I've had thirsted for, and a life that only the spiritual water of God has helped me quench. No one's person's thirst is the same. Some thirst for acceptance, some for money, others for love. One of my biggest thirsts has been romantic, intimate attachment. At the age of nine, my parents divorced. I found myself in a new home now fatherless and in some ways motherless. They both were working and dealing with rediscovering who they were. It was a new, confusing, confusing, lonely life. For a few years, a retiree who was now a Pentecostal preacher and his wife and sorts adopted me. They took me away for church on Saturday, which lasted all day, often in the wee hours of the morning. I traveled as far as Florida and back with them on more than one occasion. However, somehow around the age of 13, I drifted from them. I found myself a budding woman who just didn't fit into the environment around her. I didn't enjoy, enjoy being outside, sitting on the stoop. I couldn't build friendships with the neighborhood kids. I was bullied. I was just different. Although during my time with the preacher and his wife, I was introduced to the spirit of the God, with them not there to cultivate it. My spiritual connection to God wilted into a tiny spring. So my loneliness increased, and it created a thirst. In my pubescence, I wind up drifting to, towards the opposite sex for the refreshment. First, it was a boy in the neighborhood, but he ended up giving me the cold shoulder after I gave him something I could never get back. I retreated to the safety of my home and the internet. Unfortunately, there are plenty of people there willing to help quench the thirst, thirst of a lonely, fatherless teenage girl, or boy for that matter. Me trying to quench the thirst of loneliness followed me into my young adulthood. Although I wanted a husband and a family 
It never quite worked out. I settled on being an unwed mother. Sometimes, despite having a successful, successful career, being a homeowner, having a beautiful daughter, a lovely family and friends, it seems life has been a series of failed relationships and heartbreak. Now the hole where I thirsted the most not only holds my loneliness, but also held my disappointment, bitterness, regret, and pain. So I understand how the woman at the well wanted to know where, where can she find this water, this everlasting water Jesus spoke of. After a life of trying to relieve an unquenchable thirst myself, I can imagine she was thirsty. After the Samaritan woman asked for this water so she may not thirst no more, Jesus told her, go get your husband. That would have crushed my hopes of having this water, this living water. Because like the Samaritan woman, despite my efforts, I have no husband. Accept your truth. After the woman answered, I have no husband, Jesus said to her, you have well said I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. And that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, Believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, so for salvation is for the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is teaching such to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. I wonder what happened in the Samaritan woman's life. How she, did she win the hands and protection of five husbands? Even more perplexing is, how did she end up single again? I mean, think about it. The place and the time she lived. She had little rights as a woman. This is a time which women were stoned for adultery. What heartache had she experienced? What past had led thirst had her thirst let her down? What was her life journey that had landed her at the well? What was her life journey that landed her to Jesus? The Samaritan woman was at the well during the hottest part of the day to avoid the people who didn't approve of her lifestyle. In present times, there are millions of opinions on how to be a good Christian. We all can make our own list of Christian values and qualities. Take a minute, think about it. What would be on your list that makes a good Christian? Sometimes the things on the list prevent people from embracing the word of God offered. For a long time, not accepting my truth helped me ignore the spirit of God that was planted many years ago. I rationalized to myself that I wasn't the proper place to be a godly woman. I tell myself, after you get married, it'll be easier to have a Christian life. I mean, being married would mean I wasn't a fornicator like the Samaritan woman and her sixth man. 
I imagine that having five husbands plus the current Samaritan woman knew a few things about men and religion. She knew and acknowledged that the man she was speaking to was not a normal man. At the very least, he was a prophet of God. So she engages him with the discussion on her religious practices versus beliefs as a Jew, basically saying, what is the right way to worship? Well, according to Jesus, what matters is that we worship in spirit and truth. The Samaritan's woman, when asked to get, go get her husband, she responded truthfully. I'm learning to embrace my own truths. I have not been an ideal Christian. I have done all the wrong things for searching for intimate love. My truth is that I may never be a wife. However, the spirit of God is in me. My truth is that I may be called for something different than being a wife. Owning your truth increases your worship. The only way my thirst was quenched was not by not making excuses about why I was not ready to be a good Christian. We all have pasts that we are not proud of, pasts that we're not proud of. However, it is still a part of who we are. Taking the attitude of that, it is what it is, has helped quench my thirst. Accepting the truth that sometimes I will become lonely and accepting my truth, I have found other more spiritually fulfilling ways to combat loneliness. I, was, I realized I was searching for a father-like love when I only have a father here on earth and in heaven. I try to be a better daughter. I call my dad and go see my mother. I cultivate my relationships with friends and family, and I'm embracing building new friendships. I come to church to worship and be embraced by the Spirit of God. The woman then left her pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, come see a man who told me all the things I ever did. Could this be Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. Now I thirst to learn how to worship God in different ways. How can I be like the Samaritan woman? How can I put my worldly pot down my unreachable worldly desires and share spiritual water. The Samaritan woman went to her town and told about how she met the Messiah, a man who knew everything she has ever done. Her truth became her worship. My spirit knows that God knows everything we have ever done, yet he still loves us, which, which makes me want to worship him more. In my mind, to worship God in spirit and in truth is allowing God to touch the places in me that hurt the most, the places where I feel the most shame. Then my shame becomes my testimony. Hopefully my testimony can help someone else. My truth becomes the story about how God saved me. I can see the thirst in others and encourage them to drink the living water. In my career, I'm learning to include healing of the spirit in my nursing practice. That is in a way in which I worship. In our interactions with my families and friends, I try to worship God. Even today, I hold the story of my unlikely hero, her truth, and my truth that I have shared resonates and touches someone in their dark place that could use the spirit of God. 
After meeting Jesus, the Samaritan woman spent the rest of her life spreading Christianity. Be like the Samaritan woman. Accept your truth. Empower your service to God. Increase your worship. Thank you.